Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of Small Business Big Plans, the podcast where we walk with you on your journey from idea into implementation of your small business. Today, we're going to be talking about that motivation, your goals, and the things that you need to think about before you get started in your small business. So stick around. It's going to be a great time. Okay, so here we are at the start of your small business journey. This is literally the very first step in where you will be uh, going to get your small business started. At this point, uh, you might just have a simple idea. You might just have a drive inside you to become your own boss. You might have uh, met some people who are their own bosses who have their own small businesses and think to yourself, man, that's a lifestyle that I would like to lead. Um, you might have an idea, you might not. Um, but right now you're just kind of toying with that idea on whether or not you should start your own small business. And that's a good place to be. That's the exciting time. It's a scary time. Uh, all of those emotions wrapped up into one. But we're going to kind of start right there uh, with that idea that you have to become a small business owner, to become your own boss. And the first thing we're going to do is kind of ask why. Why do you want to do that? What is your motivation? Um, what goals do you have to start your own business, to become your own boss? And, uh, you know, they're pretty universal. I mean, I think everyone kind of has the same goals and the same ideas when they get to that point of considering starting a small business. And uh, now's a good time to examine those things. And while normally my favorite quote in the world is on the plains of hesitation lie the bleached bones of many. Uh, and I think that's a, a, a kind of a paraphrase. I think the actual quote is something like on the plains of hesitation bleached the bones of countless millions who at the dawn of victory sat down to wait and waiting died. So that's the actual quote, George W. Cecil. Um, but the idea there is on the plains of hesitation, like the bleach bones of many, don't think too much. I mean, if, if you're going to be a small business owner, um, there's going to be a lot of, uh, time that you just have to act and just do the thing that you, you, you're thinking about doing and, and kind of, um, you know, pick up the pieces later. But right now you're not a small business owner. You're, uh, considering becoming a small business owner. So, uh, take the time to think this through because uh, it, it really does impact almost everything about your life once you start that small business. So um, just do a simple pros and cons list. Uh, it sounds so cliche and a lot of these things um, are so basic uh, sounding, but sometimes you just need someone who's in the small business world to say, yeah, these are these are things that actually do work, but uh, start your pros and cons list. And some of those motivations slash pros can include things like being your own boss, uh, having control over your career. Maybe you're sitting in a business or in a job or in a career where you have no control and you might make a decent salary or you might not. Um, but you just have no control and you want to be your own boss. You kind of want to call the shots and that's a great motivator. I mean, it's a fantastic part of being a small business owner. Um, you might not feel very secure at your job. Uh, I can uh, guarantee if you're looking for job security, uh, you'll never fire yourself. Um, but again, there's other aspects in the market that may come into play that are outside of your control. So um, it just depends. But job security is also another motivator. 
Uh, if you have a great product or an idea that just is just yearning to get out into the markets, um, that's a great reason. I don't think a lot of people are inventors or um, are coming up with brand new service ideas, but uh, that is one reason that you might want to move into the business world. Uh, you might want to take on a new challenge, a new sense of accomplishment. If you've kind of hit the mundane, you've kind of done everything that you need to do in your career, maybe branching out, uh, starting a consulting business in that field or starting a brand new business altogether would just kind of provide that extra you know, motivation and excitement in your life that you've kind of been lacking. That's a, a, a pretty normal reason for people to move into the business world. And sometimes you might just want a better career slash income. You might uh, be in a, a world where your ceiling is capped when it comes to income. And you think that uh, being a small business owner can kind of elevate that cap or, or basically remove the cap. And, and that is a possibility. So that's one motivator. And then to me, the biggest motivator of all is finding a career and doing something that you love. Uh, you might have a hobby that you're just crazy about and you can't wait to get off your current job to do that hobby. Um, you know, obviously if it's working out or, you know, running or triathlon, which is how I got started in the business, um, your career is probably not going to be a professional one of those, but you can still involve yourself in that world uh, in a way that you can make an income. It's just sometimes you have to get creative in ways to do it. So uh, those are some of typical motivators. They were motivators for me. Uh, the biggest one in that was just being around the sport that I loved and just finding ways to um, spend as much time in that sport as possible. And eventually it turned into a career. My goal, I don't think, uh, moving into this was uh, to have a career in this long term uh, in the triathlon endurance world, but that's the way that it worked out. So uh, sometimes these things just happen upon you. Uh, but just doing something that you really love is key, uh, no matter what you're doing. Now, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the cons of being a small business owner. And uh, I do not want to have anyone feel like this is the situation where I'm trying to convince you out of being a small business owner. And at the same time, uh, these things are real and they're scary and they're things you have to deal with a day in and day out. And it's feast or famine in the small business world. And sometimes it seems like there's a whole lot more famine than feast. And that's just because of the stress levels that are involved with basically doing every aspect of your business on your own. So some of the cons to consider, one is the uncertainty. Um, there is so much uncertainty at times in exactly what to do, how to do things. There's uncertainty in your income. Most small businesses are going to be fairly irregular when it comes to income. You're not going to get uh, $3,000 every month or $10,000 every month or $100,000 every month. If you're a million dollar business, there might be months where you make $5,000 and there might be months where you make $200,000. So it is oftentimes up and down. Again, a lot of this depends on the type of business that you're moving into uh, or considering, but that is a real issue is uncertainty of income. There's also uncertainty of things that you might not think about um, starting a business like taxes, the financials, um, the market itself uh, has a way to become uncertain. And we are recording this right now 
in what is possibly the most uncertain of economic times during the COVID-19 pandemic. So this pandemic has affected you know, millions of businesses in a huge way. And no one, no one saw this coming, uh, at least to this degree. So it, it, it's a problem that we're facing. Uh, personally, I'm facing that same problem and uh, having to find creative ways to get through it. But it is definitely something to consider. And um, there's no there's no backup plan. I mean, when you have uh, something hit, your market changes for any reason, there's no backup plan. And the only backup plan at times is to simply close up shop. And so that's one thing to, to keep in mind. Another part and one that's really kind of hits home with me is handling aspects of the business that aren't really core to the reason you got into the business. So what I mean by that is I got into the race production world because I love the sport of triathlon. I love training. I love racing. I love setting up events. I love letting um, other people fulfill their dreams and goals on my courses. It was just fantastic. And in the beginning, that's pretty much all we did. Um, and then you grow and then you hit a point where you've got to worry about finances. I mean, you're, you're going to have to do that either way. But at, at a certain point, it becomes more than just entering a few things into the QuickBooks account. And it becomes almost a full time job. Um, so you're handling, you know, some people handle their finances, they're handling their taxes, they're handling uh, their marketing. I mean, there's all these things they're handling going to Staples and buying uh, all the office supplies and all of this stuff. So there's there's so much more that goes into a business that is not what I consider core to the business itself. And uh, that is a con. I mean, for me, it's it's one of those things where you, you realize quickly that you're not as much of a race director as you are a small business owner. And so you kind of step away from those reasons you got into the business to begin with. Uh, and then you have to focus on running the business. Um, there, and there's ways to get out of that, some of that stuff, hiring people to do things. But, you know, and we'll, we'll talk on how to, to get back to the core of what you're best at in future episodes. But that is part of it, especially in the growth and building process of your small business where you have zero income and you need um, to kind of do everything yourself. And so that's a con. I mean, for some people, it, it's a con. Um Another thing to consider is your world's just going to be different than everyone else. If you, if you spend your time currently with people who have a nine to five or eight to four or eight to five job and they have the weekends off and you go to football games and um, if you step into a business where your core business like us is on the weekends, your world looks completely opposite to everyone else. You're, you're, you're working mostly on the weekends and you're also working during the week, but you know, you're missing weddings, you're missing football games, you're missing a lot of these things. And that it, it might look different for you, depending on your small business, on what those days are. But it is going to be different than most people in the world. Um, one other con at times is just to remember the buck always stops with you. Um, there's no one else to turn to. If something goes wrong, you have to fix it. If something goes right, uh, great and wonderful, you can just move about your day. But once something goes wrong, it's your fault and you have to fix it. There's no questions asked. And you have to do everything. If fixing it means going to Staples and buying some software or a new webcam or whatever it might be, you're the tech guy. 
Um, if it is a situation where someone uh, has made a mistake of a storefront that you have, you've got to go down there and fix it because they're a representation of you. So uh, it all the buck stops with you and you have to do everything to fix it. The other uh, or several, but another con is, and it's kind of ties into that insecurity or lack of security thing is no benefits whatsoever. Um, when you step into the world of small business, you might make more money and that might be in your plan, but you also have to keep in mind that you're not having anyone hand you um, health insurance or life insurance or 401ks or anything like that. It's all you. And as a small business, which usually means one or two or even five people underneath that payroll umbrella, um, you're paying for all those benefits and they're not cheap. Uh, you're not a giant company that's able to provide leverage and uh, get those discounted rates you are paying a lot more for healthcare and things of that nature. So keep that in mind as you move kind of towards this idea of a small business. Um, you know, one thing that I always hear is, uh, you know, entrepreneurs uh, you know, don't like to work. They're the only people who will leave a job working 40 hours a week just to work 80 um, is kind of the idea. And that's true. I mean, you're going to work more. You're going to work longer you're going to work harder. And at the same time, it doesn't seem like as much work because you're doing something that you love, but it is. It's more hours. It's more time. It's more more inability to step away from the computer screen or from the business or whatever it is. Um, you know, currently, if you're in a nine to five or you're five o'clock, five oh one, you're in your car and you don't think again about your your job until you're heading to the office at seven thirty the next day. Um, that's not the case with a small business, especially in the growth phase. It's, it's 24 seven that you're thinking about this and it consumes you. And for some people that's fantastic. That's exactly what they want, what they need. But for so many, that is a, uh, it's tough. And, uh, so just keep that in mind. That's exactly where you'll be if you're going to grow a successful business. Um, and with that said, you'll probably work alone uh, as you're starting the small business. A lot of the things that you do are going to be on your own. Uh, for me, that works out fine. That works out great. I enjoy that aspect of it, um, you know, to a degree. Um, but that is certainly a part of it as well. And the biggest um, difference is just that stress level. Um, it just doesn't turn off. And if things are going great, obviously that helps with the stress level. But if things are hard, it, it's stressful and it just doesn't turn off. And just the idea of, you know, kind of figuring out ways to eliminate that stress, it's almost impossible to a small business owner. So you just, you have to be ready to absorb it and just to go with it and to know that that's going to be part of it. So, um, you know, those are some of the pros and some of the cons. Obviously you can do a simple pros and cons list. Um, you know, keep in mind if you're married, if you're in a relationship, if you've got a significant other, let them be involved in this decision-making process too. Um, there's cons and pros that you might not see that that may actually be pros and cons for them. And you might be think, uh, thinking, you know, solely focused on you, uh, which a lot of people who are thinking about being an entrepreneur are. Uh, it, it's, it's a very individual, almost selfish um, spot to be in to start that. And so very often we fail to think about how this decision affects other people. So 
reach out to those people whose whose lives um, are going to be impacted by this financially, uh, time wise, you know, children, uh, significant others, um, anybody like that. So just, you know, reach out to those people as well and they might be able to provide you more pros and cons, but you, you simply tally those up and, you know, every one of these is not equal. So if you have seven pros and five cons, that, that doesn't mean you should do it. It just, it just is giving you kind of a visualization of an idea uh, on paper. And, you know, one of the pros might be worth 0.5 and one of the cons might be worth five. I mean, if, 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 if one of the cons is that you're going to miss your weekends and you currently are the um, you know the coach of a traveling soccer team for your children, that might be such a huge con that it, it just is, is it's a no brainer. You can't do it um, or you might, might need to make some alterations on, on what you're doing. But this will get the process started. I mean, that's what this is, right? This is an idea, the ability to kind of think things through. And that's where you want to be. So kind of evaluate your pros and cons and figure out where you are. And if you're still confident in making uh, the step, making the jump into into uh, entrepreneurship, into small business life, then let's let's move forward. I mean, that's step one is figure those things out. The next step is really kind of uh, a gut check or a, a reality check. And, and does the world need your business? How do you know that? Uh, is there any way to know that? Um, to me, market research is a must. You've got to do that first. Um, in this day and age, there's so many tools that just 10, 15 years ago we did not have that'll make this process easier. And again, it's going to depend on a lot of things like what type of business um, are you building? What type of funding are you going to be looking at, which we, we'll get into uh, probably in episode number three, the next episode about building your business plan, your financial plan, your marketing plan, things like that. But a lot of this is going to depend on a lot of things. So it's one of those things where you're building this base, but a lot of how you build the base is dependent upon something that's going to happen down the line. So it, it, it's an interesting place to be. But for now, just understand you need to do your market research in any way that you possibly can. So vet your idea uh, in every way possible. Family and friends, you can you can talk to them. Uh, you can talk to your, your friends and your social networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Uh, any sort of blogs or, or not really blogs, but any sort of chat-based groups that you have that you can ask people. Um, Google, obviously, or Bing or Yahoo or whatever the uh, your, your browser of choice is, and if possible, most people don't have this ability, but surveys are great. If you can find a way to do a survey, the, the problem you're going to have is finding someone to send that survey to. Um, it's mostly going to be friends and family or social networks, and you're not going to have built up an email database. Uh, you're probably not going to, at this point, purchase an email database to do a survey. So, um, you know, that one's tough, but it is possible if you could do it. If you've can come up with some way to do a survey. Those are always fantastic. Just to find out if there is a market for your business, for your product, for your service, it's huge. Um, you, you may find that there's not, and then you just move on to the next business idea. Um, but, you know, is there a market or is there an ability for you to create one? 
if you've got a brand new idea, there isn't going to be a market. You know, I don't think uh, Uber would have said that there's a market. I guess they could have looked at taxis. Um, you might have to look at, you know, kind of adjacent markets, um, markets that might not directly reflect what you're trying to do, but they're kind of adjacent to it. So, um, you know, for example, if you're doing something in the construction world, what is the actual construction business doing? You, you, you may have con you come up with a uh, completely solar um, building uh, siding. Who knows? I mean, that's a brand new thing that uh, there's nothing, there's no other competitor that's doing that. Um, but there are plenty of adjacent markets. Is the construction world strong? Is the solar world strong in that example? Um, and you can figure those things out fairly easily. You're not going to spend, you know, months and months on this. And ultimately, I would guess 90% of the people here can kind of figure that out with gut and asking friends and family. But the other thing to keep in mind with friends and family is they're not always going to be completely honest. They're going to tell you what they think you want to hear. Um, so maybe not a friend, maybe not a family member, maybe someone who is a colleague uh, or maybe even would be a competitor. Again, uh, all information is biased, almost all of it. So you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. But the more information you can get, the better. And there's always tidbits of things you'll pick up from people, especially if they're already in the market um, or if they have any sort of experience in that market whatsoever. Um, one thing that is always great is to figure out who your perfect client is. I had a, a great friend tell me that, uh, and it's a fantastic piece of advice. So at this point already, you can probably figure out who your perfect client is. Go ask them. If you're um, building a brand new electric car uh, and you're going to have that price tag, be it uh, $200,000, you know, like Tesla, um, there's a very specific set of people who are going to buy that car. Go ask them. Go ask them what they want, what they need, what, what they don't like about the Tesla, what they don't like about their current cars, um, you know, and, and figure that out. It's, it's very clear who your perfect client is. Just go ask them. Um, the other piece is technology right now is as good as it's ever been. Obviously, Google um, Insights, Google Trends um, are fantastic ways. Google Business just in general is a great place to start. Just Google uh, how to start a small business. Um, if you've got a specific market in mind, go to the Google Trends tool and, and see what is trending right now in that market. And then the other piece of the puzzle when it comes to market research, uh, finding people who have done a lot of this already, go to the SBA website, sba.gov, and they are a fantastic resource. They've got a whole page uh, dedicated to market research, and um, it's just it, – it, it's really a, a fantastic thing. It's just general business statistics, consumer statistics, demographics, indicators um, – Employment statistics, income statistics, all of these things, um, you know, interest rates, all of these things are on that SBA.gov. I think if you just searched um, business guide or market research, uh, you would find this page uh, fairly easily. We also have it on our Facebook page as well, linked already. Um, Small Business Big Plans Podcast is the Facebook page. So check it out there as well. Um, you know, that is the best way to just kind of get an idea of what is happening in the world. Um, if you should be doing this business, if there's that market, um, 
again, like I talked about, this market research and how you steer it, how you gear it, uh, is going to be based upon what type of business um, you are doing. If you're doing, for example, a service industry, uh, if you're doing anything like that, if you're going to be doing consulting or you're going to have a very specific type of market that you're going to research. Uh, it's going to be a lot different than if you're doing a storefront or if you're doing, um, you know, any sort of physical actual business like traffic patterns, for example, make no difference to a consultant. Uh, you're going straight to the client, whereas traffic patterns for someone opening up a clothing boutique is hugely important, if not mostly important. It's just that drive-by traffic. So it's going to be steered by that. And like I talked about, it's also going to be steered towards what kind of financing you're going to do. If you're self-financing uh, and you have not unlimited funds, but if you've got the ability to invest in this business and it won't kill you, if you, you know, if the business closes shop, um, market research is not as important for you, right? Um, if you're convinced just by gut that your business is going to be something you want to do and you've got the money and you don't, um, it won't break you to lose all that money, then the market research phase is not as important. But if you're going to be financing this from a small business loan or an angel investor or some sort of venture capitalist situation, it's hugely important because these people are in it for return. They're in it for um, profit. They're in it for money. And hopefully you're in this for profit as well. Most businesses aren't going to last if you're not making a profit. But if someone else is giving you their money, you had better do your market research and you better know those numbers inside and out. Spend just a few nights watching Shark Tank. And those guys are, it, that is a, a fantastic show because it is real. Those guys want to know the numbers and they want to know that you know the numbers and they want to know that you figured out exactly why your business is not going to fail. And so if you're a planner, if you're one of these people who just has to know the outcome before it happens, uh, you know, obviously newsflash, that's never going to happen. But if you are a planner, if you're going to be getting someone else's money, spend the time on the market research, a huge amount of time here and, and, and make it right so that you know that there is a demand so that you know what the market size is. So you know what sort of economic indicators are out there, such as what sort of income to expect. Uh, what's the employment rate in that business right now? Make sure you understand and they know you understand the location of your customers. If you are building an organic juice house and you're in North Dakota, you're probably not going to have the same customer base as if you're building that in San Diego, California. So know where your customers are and know that if you're not there, that might not be the right business. Know what sort of market saturation there is. If you are building a home improvement store, realize that every single city and every single town has at least two giant ones that do a ton of business. Um, so just know what the market saturation is. If you're doing a clothing boutique, if you're going to be doing that in downtown Greenville, South Carolina, for example, where out of the 500 small businesses that are there, 125 of those are clothing boutiques. Uh, those are not actual numbers, but if that's the case, your market is saturated and this might not be the right place or the right time for you to go into this business, but you've got to understand that market saturation. And then the biggest piece is pricing. 
you have to know the pricing of similar products or similar services and what price and quantity of sales is required for you to make a profit. That is the bottom line. I mean, when they ask about numbers, you need to be able to answer that. You need to be able to answer that. I am going to have my product um, be $19.99 or my service be $4,000 for this service. And uh, I'm going to get 42 customers every week. And you need to know that. And, and they're going to ask you why. And it's not because you just feel like that's what you need. You want to be a million dollar business and you know it's $4,000 to, to do this service. And therefore, you just divide a million by 4,000. That's, that's not the way it's going to happen. So they need to know why you came up with those numbers. But all of that market research is super important. And we'll finish up the episode today with what I consider probably the biggest piece of this puzzle. And it's, it's simply this. Are you an entrepreneur? Um, and if you're not, or if you've never been in the small business world, if you've never been an entrepreneur, you might not know what that means. And so there's, there's a few common traits that almost all, um, entrepreneurs have. And it's, it's one is, are you high energy? If you're high energy, if you're always on the go, you've got the entrepreneurial trait. Um, are you confident in yourself? Are you convinced that if something goes wrong, you'll be able to fix it? Um, are you convinced that when things are tough, you'll be able to figure out a way to make things work? That's hugely important is that confidence level. And it also creates this magnetic personality that people want to be around. So confidence builds character. Uh, it kind of builds that magnetic character that people just want to be around because they want to feel like things are going to be okay. And they want to be around someone who's moving places and has that high energy. Are you responsible? Uh, be honest with yourself on this. I mean, this is your life here. I mean, this, it might seem like a great plan and a great idea to be a small business owner, but are you responsible? Are you able to get the job done um, for everything that needs to get done? Are you focused? Can you keep your eye on the prize? Can you stay focused at the job at hand, even while knowing you've got 17 other things to do to grow your business, you know, put the receipts in to, uh, you know, do all of these things and to carry on a personal life. But are you focused enough? Are you laser focused, able to get uh, that specific task done and done well before you move on to the next task? Are you able to cut through the crap? And what I mean by that is there's so much periphery that happens in the business world. There's so many things that your customers are going to complain about. There's so many things that vendors are going to complain about. There's so many things that just really have nothing to do with the problem at hand. Uh, and you can get very distracted. And so are you able to cut through the crap and get right to the point of what the problem is and address that problem and fix it and then move on? Because if you get caught amongst all the minutia, um, your business is going to suffer and you have to be, like I said, very laser focused. And, you know, that's the most intense, the most intensity that you get from a, a beam of light is when you focus it all in one spot. I mean, that's what a laser is. So when they say laser focus, that's what that means. And you have to be able to, to do that, not only in your energy to move forward, but in your energy to figure out what problems are and actually address those real problems. Do you have a very, very low um, fear of failure or a high tolerance for failure. Um, you're going to fail a lot. 
and things might go very, very well a lot, and they're going to go very, very poorly a lot. And I don't know any small business owner who hasn't failed in a huge way. And that could be economically, financially. It could be personally. Um, you, you feel like you, you made a poor decision in, in your business world and that affects you for a very, very long time. Um, there's just a lot of different ways you can fail in a small business. And it's not just you know whether or not you're making a lot of money or not. Um, that's a big piece of it. But you can fail in a lot of ways. And are you able to absorb that failure, look at it, um, with perspective and figure out what you need to do to be better and to not make that same mistake again. Are you a risk taker? Um, you know, there's a lot of working, uh, you know, from your gut and there's a lot of times we have to make that decision very, very quickly. I mean, plenty of people have told me if you can't make a decision in less than a minute, it's not a decision that needs to be made. I mean, most small business owners, especially if they've been doing something for a while, um, they know how to, to make those decisions quickly. And there's risk with every decision they make. And are you willing to deal with that risk? Um, another piece or thing to ask yourself is, are you a long-term thinker or do you see the big picture? Uh, or, or do you instead get caught up in these very, very small tasks and feel overwhelmed? Because, you know, what can easily happen is you can have this great idea and there's, let's say, 83 steps to get from where you are now to that fantastic idea and all of your dreams coming true. And a lot of people just can't get past step three because they spend so much time working on steps one and two and everything's got to be perfect. Um, when you can see the big picture and you're a long-term thinker, um, it's not as important to be perfect. It's not as important to have everything buttoned up. And it, 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 it's a tough lesson for a lot of small business owners. As you get into the bigger businesses, as you become a small, as you start a small business and maybe grow it into a huge business, things do have to be buttoned up very, very closely because there's a lot of people that have to follow these procedures. But if you're the only one following any procedures, if you're the only one in your business, a, a huge part of what you're doing is working off of your gut and seeing that big picture and what you're trying to accomplish long-term. Uh, are you able to take criticism? Um, or are you going to fly off the handle every time someone gives you some negative feedback? And if you can't take criticism well, either don't get into a business or adjust your business model in such a way that you don't have to listen to it. Um, but I, I promise you, taking criticism, hearing it, absorbing it and then acting on it is probably the best information that you're ever going to get. If people are telling you you're doing great, that, that doesn't help you. So learning to take that criticism and use it as fuel, not only motivation, but fuel and in information to make your business better. Are you a problem solver? There's going to be a tons of problems. Obviously, you have to be able to solve them. You've got to be able to solve them critically, and you've got to be able to solve them quickly and with patience and with care and with compassion to those that either you've done wrong or aren't happy with what, um, you know, what you've given them. Can you use resources? Are you able to use the resources at hand? Uh, or are you someone who is technology, technologically challenged. You need to know this about yourself. And it's not saying that you can't be a small business owner if you don't operate a computer well or have an app, but you need to be able to set your business up in such a way that it can thrive 
knowing that about yourself. If that means hiring someone or bringing someone in part-time who is good at those things. Um, that's a huge thing that we'll get to later, but hiring people who do things that you're not an expert in is very, very important. Do you have a clear moral code uh, or business standards? And what that means is, are you going to look at the business as a service, as your job to help people, whatever your business might be, but you're, most all of us are serving people in some form or fashion. And do you have the ability to say, look, the most important thing here is serving these people? And do you have the standards in yourself to make sure that happens no matter what? That's the biggest thing to, to ask yourself there. And finally, are you willing to accept very, very small growth um, if it's leading to big results? Obviously, if you are growing very slowly uh, over multiple years, you're not in a business. It's not going well. You need to step aside. But you need to realize that in the beginning, it can be very slow. It can be very small growth or you can have tremendous growth and then it will taper off. But at some point in the early stages, you're going to have slow, small results. And are you able to accept those as you move towards the bigger results in the long term? So that's it for kind of figuring out if you want to start a small business, if you're ready for that, if you're the type of person that wants to do that, if you still are, um, you'll stick with us onto episode three, where we'll talk about building your plan. We'll talk about business plans. We'll talk about financial plans and how you're going to fund your business. And we'll talk about marketing plans and exactly how you're going to let people know that you are out there. So until next time, stay safe and we'll see you soon.